0: Welcome everybody, in the middle with me, Thomas Bennett and my man back with me this week. Keith Bradley Keith missed you last week, man. How's it going?
1: Uh better now that technology wants to uh work for me. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: <laughs> that's uh that's a good thing. So before we dive all into we got a bunch of bunch of stuff to talk about this week, and the show is not very structured because uh, I literally did not know what was happening until about five minutes before we started this recording. Uh and Keith was out last week, and me and Keith usually keep pretty consistent dialogue throughout the week, especially when it comes to the scheduling of the pod and stuff. And the night before we recorded, I had said, hey, you know, pod tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern. He's like, all right, be there. And then he didn't show up. And it was like, oh, well, he must be he must be working late or something like that, because that's happened before where you've had to work overtime or, you know, something's happened and you just... Didn't have a chance. You couldn't tell me, which, you know, shit happens. I get it. So then this whole week, I didn't hear from him and I'm starting to get worried. Right. Because it's not like Keith lives down the road from me. It's not like, I can just drive down to the house to make sure he's okay. It's so, a long drive. It's a long drive to Ohio. So, um uh, I'm like, uh, dude, everything. Okay. <laughs> Don't hear anything like four or five days goes by. And I'm like, Hey man, uh, I hope all is good, dude. Um, If if it is, we're going to be doing the pod at this time. Didn't hear nothing. And then, it, what was it, like five minutes before the podcast was scheduled to start, you you sent the thing, hey, I'll be there. And I was like, all right, sweet. So well, I hadn't prepped a whole lot today because I didn't know what was going on. So, Keith, what oh. what happened exactly, man? <laughs> so, so I get
1: these new pedals, and I was very underprepared. So it started with my rig breaking, my pedal plate broke from the force of the pedals. So I plugged in the pedals to the computer to, to figure out the software, mm-hmm. everything shuts off. And I'm like, huh, interesting fan in my room, shut off like everything. I'm like, all right, well, that's weird. Turn around while my boy shut my light switch off and nothing else is connected to that power circuit so i'm like oh man so the computer took a poop oh. and, and then later that night because i'm like all right i got discord on my phone i'll just i'll use it now nah, i move a lot in my sleep and those of you that move a lot in your sleep know, do not leave a glass of anything on your nightstand by your bed because it'll eventually get slung across the room you <laughs> get jumped over well needless to say i woke up that morning picked up my phone to get with tommy yeah no my phone was soaking wet and was not working
0: yeah so the dominoes an, fell yeah
1: very fast
0: been an interesting week yeah last it's funny because last week um You know, or I think like two weeks ago, we thought our water pump, our well pump for the house was going out. And we actually ordered a new well pump. And what was happening with the well pump was, is that it was was overheating and shutting off. And it's like, okay, the pump's bad. You know, the pump was literally like 31 years old, probably even older than that. I mean, that's just how long we've had it. So it was like, okay, well, th- this pump's bad. We got a new pump. New pump comes in. We get it set up, and it's not really working. And it's like, damn it, what the hell, you know? And so there's all these things going on where it's like, all right, well, maybe the pipe down into the well's bad, or maybe this is bad, or maybe the the settings on the pump aren't set correctly. Maybe we need to change this. And so we're doing all this, you know, kind of troubleshooting. And I'm not a, I. I'm not a pump expert, right? I'm mechanically inclined, but I know I don't know anything about well pumps or how they work or what they're supposed to do or you know, I know they they're supposed to pump water out of the ground so we have it for the house, but that's all I know. I don't know anything else about the way they work. So, my brother spent like the whole day messing with it on Saturday. And you know, it it was He got it to where it was working. It was like, okay, sweet. It's working. Well, then it stopped working again, like a couple days later. And it's like, what the hell, man? So I go out there on Sunday and I'm like, all right, we're going to get this thing working. we have got to get this figured out because this is ridiculous. So I'm spending the whole day with it. And finally, you know, I'm like, all right. I'm like, Hey, the pressure tank has gone out. The pressure tank is the tank where the, the well pumps the water. Into this tank. And inside the tank. Is a a rubber bladder. And the rubber bladder. Has air in it. And when you. Fill up the tank. With that. Air. uh, That air bladder. That bladder of air in there. It creates pressure. Which allows the water to flow through the house. So the pump doesn't have to run all the time. Right. Imagine if you. Blow up a balloon. You have a glass of water. You blow up a balloon and then stick it into the glass of water. What happens? You have water that pours out everywhere, right? If it's a full cup. That's essentially what a pressure tank is. Our bladder had ruptured. So I go get a new pressure tank. These things are not small, neither, okay? They're they're big. So I go get a new one. Get it back. Open up the box. Pull it out. It's got a big-ass dent in it. I'm like, god dang it. Freaking Home Depot. So. I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't want to hook this up and run it because it's going to be under pressure I'm like, with a dent in it. I'm like, I, the last thing I need is this thing exploding. For f- you know, $500, this thing should not have a dent in it. So I take it back. Of course, that's the only one Home Depot has. So now I'm out searching for another pressure tank. And the only one I can find is a bigger one. And it's like, all right, well, we'll just get this. So get that, bring it back. Get it all hooked up. Well, of course, to get it to fit, I gotta, you know, disassemble one of the shelves in the garage and I got to move the good nightmare, man. Finally get it set up and it's like six o'clock at night, six thirty at night. Keep in mind, I started working on this thing at like 1130 a.m. And so finally got it done at like six o'clock at night and that literally screwed up the rest of my week because now I was already a full day behind on all my work that I needed to get done for my, my online business. The we're switching over the glass business to an LLC. I was a full day behind on that. I was supposed to have all this paperwork done. I didn't have it done and it's literally just torpedoed my entire week. It has been a disaster. So yeah, I, uh, Definitely glad you're back because I was, I was worried about you, man. I was like, cherry, on, cherry <laughs> on top, Keith Keith's in a hospital bed somewhere. And I don't even know how to find out. So glad to hear you're all right. Nope, I'm good. (laughs) All right. Well, had an interesting weekend of racing last week at Vegas in the Cup Series. Uh, We got a lot of stuff to cover on the dirt side of things with the Dirt Track World Championship and the final race at Devil's Bowl Speedway, which is where the Outlaws got their start. Some news, potential news, or I should say news on the potential union buyout merge of the all-stars and the high limit series a couple of things happening behind the scenes with the employees and we got uh yeah a couple other things to cover when it comes to USAC racing as Logan CV bagged himself a silver crown championship so all of that coming up on today's pod so stick around all right Keith so I didn't have a chance to do any real hit or miss questions because like I said didn't know what was going to be happening. But did you get a chance to see the Cup race at Vegas? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I did too. I thought it was pretty good. Um Vegas, you know, we've talked about this before. Vegas is a real on throttle track. I mean, it's you're you're almost you're be- almost wide open the entire time around that track. I mean, you're lifting for just a little bit going into the corner. <clears throat> And it, I mean, and that's it. Um, it got it got close there at the end. I, I was pulling for Larson. I wanted Larson to win. Of course, he did, which is awesome. Um, but it wasn't looking too good. Uh, when he, <laughs> did you see that save that he had where he blocked up all four, slid up and hit the wall, still kept yeah. it going.
2: Yeah. I.
0: The guy's incredible, dude. I don't know what else to say. I don't think there's I don't think there's you could count on one hand and have fingers left over the number of drivers who could do what he did in that race.
1: No, and his his car control is very impressive. And mm-hmm. that's what I like about Kyle Larson, is he could be wrecking and make wrecking look badass.
0: Yeah, it looks incredible. It <laughs> and, looks so cool. <laughs>
1: And I'm going to say that that dirt experience, whether it's sprint cars or late models, Mm -hmm. helps him immensely because of the car control.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Control a car out of control,
0: especially a heavy ass stock car is very impressive. Yes, it is. Now I'm with you. I think it's, uh, it's incredible his his abilities. We've seen him. we've seen him have miraculous saves before and it was uh nothing short of that. I mean, locking up all fours, sliding it coming off the wall, saving it the car, you know. Uh one thing you got to the one thing you cannot deny about these cars is the bodies on them are so tough. You know, if that had been the Gen 6 car Done. his race was over. Yeah, his race was over. So Yeah.
1: And, and that's one thing I like about the cup cars and mm-hmm. even the Xfinity is you can beat the ever living dog crap out of them.
0: Yeah, they're a lot. They're a lot and, tougher.
1: And these damn composite bodies, I don't think they fail. And if they fail, you don't see it by the naked eye. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could you could bounce them off the wall. You can bounce off other cars and the car look completely straight outside of the components Which is a whole different book, I think. Yep, Um, and that's where I applaud NASCAR for bringing the composite bodies to the Cup Series. I mean, granted, yeah, a lot of people lost their jobs because now you don't have a fab shop within the shop. Yeah, but the composite bodies, I think, save the
0: teams a lot of money. Yes, I, I, it's funny how that works because I think that's it's saving them a lot of money while also you know, the cars overall in general are costing the teams a lot of money. Um, yeah. It's I don't, yeah. I don't know where the price, sa- the, the the savings is coming from with the, the, the cup car. And this is the thing though. I, we've talked about this before, and this is why I, I don't know what NASCAR is going to do next when it comes to, their car, right? I know this, the, the, the next gen car, the gen seven car is not going anywhere for a while. It's, it's just not right. Even you look at like the car of tomorrow, which was an absolute disaster, right? That car is, as much as we like to complain about the next gen car, it is still leaps and bounds better than that POS car tomorrow. And it still took a while for NASCAR to make significant changes to that car. You know, it, it did. And it was at a time where the teams were able to make the changes. That's not the case anymore. With all these single part suppliers and stuff like that, it, the changes are going to be at a glacially slow pace. So they're going to have this car for a while. And to me, I, I don't see the cost savings. The things are incredibly expensive. It's basically, you know, I talked about this last weekend or last week. It's basically, you're buying a Lego set. That's essentially what you're buying. That's like a box of Legos. Like, all right, put it together. Here's the guidelines. And I don't know how much of that they're going to change or keep. Um, with uh, the car going with the Cup Series going forward you know i think nascar has got a lot of changes on the horizon um you know we've heard stuff about hybrids and stuff like that and i i don't know to me we can't even get the damn tire figured out let alone like what, what we're going to do with with the you know electric power going forward like let's let's worry about that first so it's got it's faults um those faults will be unfortunately on display at martinsville and phoenix the last two races of the season but overall i i don't see any savings with the car i don't (laughs) Denny hamlin said it was like you know a few hundred thousand dollars basically They're, they're racing lamborghinis now i think is what he called it so yeah i i don't i don't get it but what the what the deal is but uh yeah me either especially when you hear
1: owners complaining Mm -hmm. about you can't destroy the underbody of the car because it costs too much
0: yeah exactly
1: i thought these cars were supposed to be cheaper
0: yep (laughs) yep well it's supposed to be cheaper in the sense that you could take that one car and use it at multiple tracks you weren't building specific tracks and i understand that and i get that to a point yeah i understand that too but you can't this is, it's why I actually think a, a cost cap, right? Almost like a salary cap, and in, in you see in other sports, a cost cap is something that's going to have to be, in, be implemented in NASCAR. I, I, I think it's going ha- to have to get to that point. As long as you have an area where a team can spend money and find speed, they will do it. That is all there is to it. That is, the, that is racing. That is what racing is. It's what, every team on earth does it, whether you are the Hendricks of the world or you are Uncle Harry operating out of his garage. That is what drivers do. We all did it. Right, If I could dump more money into my car and get it faster so I could get up there and win, I was going to do it. Hey, you mean you spent $25,000 on the motor to win this $5,000 race? Yep. What, that doesn't make sense? I know. Right, But that's the mentality of a race car driver. It's the mentality of a race team. This is how it is. So as long as you have that, you're going to have these teams that are going to dump insane amounts of money. To find literally, not even fractions of a second, fractions of a tenth of a second. Because that's how close these cars are now. We're like, dude, man, did you see that 42 car? How slow was he this week? Well, actually, he was only like a half a tenth off the the leader. Oh, really? Damn, didn't realize that. Like, yeah, no, that's how close they are. So, it's going to... I think it's going to have to be implemented because you cannot you cannot mandate it on the path that they're on right now. You can't say, hey, you got to buy these parts suppliers. Like, think about that single part suppliers. Well, who's to say that those guys can't just start ratcheting up their prices, right? Like, how are we? Oh, well, they're going to they're going to cost cap it. Really? Right, like you've seen what's going on in the in the economy today, when it comes to inflation and stuff like that, no one can predict those things. No one can know what's going to happen. So how are we going to govern all that through the entire racing series, right? Through the through with the with the cars, you can make them cookie cutter, but they're still expensive as hell. So, yeah, I I don't know. Little side tangent there, but
2: it's just the
0: the idea was great and now that we've had it for almost two full seasons um it's made the mile and a half great again but the short tracks and road courses suck more and more each race and i've just i talked about this last week i think it sucks that the champion this year is going to be decided most likely by the team that has the fastest final pit stop of the season
1: yeah and and like the car the idea is great the execution is terrible yes um like when we go when they go to martinsville in a week
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i'm not excited for because it's not the same traditional martinsville race and then you take out the the chastain hail move yeah (laughs) yeah It just, I I think the execution of the car has been terrible. Um, but I think me and you beat this to a dead horse, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Now, if we could get a car like the Gen 6 to operate like the next gen, or to get the next gen to operate like the Gen 6, I think we'd be whole different ball game yeah you wouldn't see these top teams some of the top teams struggling to run in the top 10 let alone trying to win a race um the short track package is dog shit the Mm -hmm. road course package yet again is dog shit and i was very disappointed and i'm i'm gonna harp on this for a second when this new schedule came out why in the fuck are we going to the roval still that race is terrible. Yeah, I don't know. When when the Coke 600 is probably the most exciting Coke 600 I think I've watched in a very long time. Yeah. And and it's put on a really good race the last two years. Why can't we just go back to the oval? Why do we keep trying to beat this Roval deal into the ground when it's not that good? Yeah. And it's not that good on the Xfinity side either, which should be
2: concerning it's just terrible.
0: Yep, it is. It is, it's horrible. So there's a like I don't uh, I don't know. I w- like you say we've we've talked about this so much. I talked about it last week with the schedule. It blows um the I the roval sucks. Um it's terrible. road course pretty much all road courses suck in this car now, um which is why it was created. And it's not uh, very good in,
1: in my, my, where my confusion is, is we have dozens upon dozens of purpose built road courses through the United States and outside of the United States. If you want to go that far, mm-hmm. why not just go to a purpose built road course? Like I applaud them for going back to Iowa. I think that is the best move that they could have done. Yeah. Honestly, because that place is great. I love Iowa weather, It's Xfinity or truck. I'm Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what the the new car looks like at Iowa, but come on. I mean, we learned this with the Indy road course. It was fucking terrible, too. It was a joke. Why can't we do it with the Roval? Why do we got to keep beating the Roval into the ground? Yeah, especially at a beautiful racetrack like Charlotte. Yeah, but then again, they
0: they're tearing down auto clubs. So (laughs) Yep. Yep, exactly. So but all right, well, moving on. We've got our NASCAR ranting out of the way. Uh, but we got some stuff to cover with the dirt track recap because we've got a lot going on in the world of dirt racing, starting tonight as the dirt track world championships kicking off at Eldora. Plus, we've got the final weekend of racing at Devil's Bowl Speedway, which is Pretty crazy when you think about the World of Outlaws literally began at Devil's Bowl Speedway. So, all of that coming up after the break. All right. So, it is now time for our Dirt Track Recap. So, first of all, before we dive into what's on the schedule for tonight and this weekend, uh, Keith, did you see... The last silver, the last race of the Silver Crown season at IRP where Logan Seavey was able to lock up the championship. I tried to tune in as much as I could. I'm not surprised that he did,
2: though. I'm really not. Yeah, it was a... tough... day for... Um,
0: Cody Swanson. Uh, yeah, they just... They were just not very good. Um, the, the they just had a lot of trouble. CV was able yeah. to hold on and got the got the got the championship.
1: And that's Unswanson like, mm-hmm. especially especially on pavement. I think he's the pavement king of Silverground. Um, he's he's the USAC oval ringer per se. Yeah. Um, uh, that was very surprising to see how bad he struggled. Yep. How bad the car looked. Um, it was very shocking. But then a Swanson wins a race, so that's that's not surprising at yep. all. Yep. Uh, but no, uh, hats off to Logan C V. Um, it, it almost looks like he's going to be a not only a Silver Crown champion, but I think he damn near has the the
0: midget points. Yeah, he's got. Too. He's got. I. Uh well over a 200-point lead. I think it's like 240-point lead over Justin Grant in the midgets. Um, now, they do have... uh, You know, they've got a West Coast swing coming up that will... But it's not for basically another month. I think it's like three weeks or something like that. Um, they got Starts Baker.
1: November 14th. Yeah, Baker. and
0: they've got Bakersfield, Placerville, Merced, and Ventura... Or the turkey night grand pete grand prix to wrap things up um california tracks logan cv is from california uh so was justin grant um so and team so it should be i think you're going to see all three of those guys run really really strong and i would be shocked if cv doesn't get the championship um you know he's had a Pretty freaking amazing season this year. Um, it's <laughs> pretty incredible. Um, we're gonna at the end of the season, we're gonna do um, our own kind of like dirt track awards. And CD's definitely going to be winning a lot of them because the he's been on fire this year. I mean, ever since Chili Bowl, right? Starting off the year gets the chili bowl win and pretty much has been just on a tear since then. Yeah, and he's been riding that
1: momentum. Yep, from the chili bowl, which is very impressive. Like I wish Yeah. I wish he wouldn't have struggled as much in the sprint car side, but I don't think that was as much as him as it was the car. Yes, like they they would be really fast and then they would have a mechanical failure mm-hmm. on the car whether it be parts, tires, engine, um yeah but, but man, what he's done in the silver crown midgets very impressive i must say yeah very very impressive like i coming into this season it was not on my bingo card to pick logan seavey to win either silver crown or midget champion like when you when we talk midgets i i immediately think of the keith coons guys um the rms guys as far as justin grant goes um Yeah, I did not. I did not have Logan CV and Hibiscus Racing. I mean, they're not a big team. They're not compared to the other teams.
0: They're not very big. And this is big.
1: This is huge for these guys.
0: Yeah. Yep. It is. It's incredible. Um. Yeah, they've had a an insane season, and it's just like you said, just been carrying the momentum all year long. So, uh, we got a few more weeks to to see how that midget series is going to wrap up Uh sprint cars. They're going to be wrapping up here. Is it next weekend? Or it, yeah. Next, next weekend. weekend at red dirt raceway. Yeah. Next weekend at red dirt raceway. Um, Justin Grant's got the points lead in that. And uh, by all intents and purposes, he's going to, he's going to win it. Um, he's got a 109 point lead over Brady bacon. Grant really just needs to go make the feature and finish the race. And he should win the championship. Um, the macho man is going to literally need like to go out set fast time. I mean, he's going to need to like sweep the weekend the way that yeah. it's been going because he's really had some bad luck over the last few weeks. It's been, uh and, been tough. And I do want to say this. I've, I've seen
1: and heard a lot of things like Justin Grant about Justin mm-hmm. and about Brady, uh, as far as Justin Grant didn't really earn this championship. Well, I want to, I want to tell that person, you're a fucking idiot. You're <laughs> full. One. Because if you don't, if you don't capitalize on somebody's failure. Yes, exactly. You don't have a points lead like Justin Grant has right now, because we've seen Brady Bacon have an issue and Justin Grant capitalize on it in a big way. And we've seen it with the tables turned justin grant have a bad night brady bacon steps it up yeah and and this person that said it is is a close friend of mine and he was like well he just doesn't have the crew that justin grant does well that's bullshit too because if you go back to brady bacon's trailer and anybody can buy a pit pass or even go to the pits at the end of the night just uh, brady bacon has one of the bigger crews of the USAC where Justin Grant has an edge over Brady Bacon is Justin Grant as a secret weapon and his name's Jeff Walker and he brought him back to sprint car racing. <laughs> yeah and it has paid off in a very big way. Yep. A very big way. Um when when I seen that and read that message, I fell out of my seat like you gotta be shitting me, right? Yeah. You just said Justin Grant didn't earn this championship because Brady Bacon's had failures bud, this is racing. This is yep. what racing is about.
0: Yep, you've got to finish uh, laps.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got to finish laps, you've got to win races, and you've got to be consistent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Brad, Brad Sweet is showing us consistency yeah. on a weekend-by-weekend weekend basis with yep. the Outlaws.
0: Yeah, and if you look at what those guys have done this season in 2023, Justin Grant's got 11 wins. Brady Bacon's got 7. All right. Justin Grant has been on fire since SmackDown. Since he came out and literally laid the SmackDown at SmackDown, he's been on fire. And it just happens to coincide with Brady Bacon having his rough stretch. So, whoever said that, you're an idiot. Because that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right? That's so stupid. You cannot... (laughs) that's part of racing that's the most important thing that's why these teams after every single race need to be putting a wrench on every nut and bolt on the car and rerunning the valves and doing all you know all the maintenance and all the stuff that you have to do the when we were running the midgets out here and we were run, we were running usac western states we weren't even running the national series man we were on the western state side of things every single time Out right every race weekend when that car was done, I would have to clean it and I would have to check all the nuts and bolts and I'd have to pull it all off and lube everything and check everything, right? Re square it and re block it and reset it up and all the time. You know how many times, as especially as a 17 18 year old kid, where I was like, Oh my god, I just literally checked this the day before yesterday. Yeah, we raced it, but everything was fine. I really don't want to do it again. And I would do it again though because I knew in the back of my head if I don't do this shit, something friggin' happens, right? Like you that's part of racing. It's part of racing. Being able to finish. You got to finish the damn races. So, no. Justin Grant did not. It's not like he backed himself into well, what will become his championship. And, He's won and, this and, thing.
1: That, <laughs> and there was another comment that pissed me off about it. He, it was said gg has a points lead because bacon works on his own car well that statement right there proves to me that you you have no fucking clue what you're talking about because brady bacon does have a crew chief yes. he's got two crew guys um, does brady work on his own stuff i'm sure he does i mean what what true racer doesn't i know i know brady does i know justin He turns wrenches on his car, too. Justin is like the one calling the shots on his car a lot of times, dude. And and then Robert Blue, he's another one that works on his own stuff. And then t he works on his own stuff, too. It just it blows my
0: mind that people don't think about things before they say it. Yeah, it's just because they want to. It's it's fandom at its worst, where it it can't be that that. The, the you can't, driver that you root for is just beat my guy. It's got to be for some stupid reason.
1: You you can't sit back and just say, man, Justin Grant's been very consistent this year, which he has. Week in and week out, that mm-hmm. four car has either finished on the podium or just outside the podium, yep. unless if something big has happened. Yep. And, yep. and I think Justin said it himself, when he knows Brady Bacon is out of the race, that's when he sends it. Yep. That's when he doesn't care because he, he doesn't lose or gain anything yep. by... Exactly. Exactly. I, just, I seen that and it, it made me think like the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. What are you talking about?
0: Yep. No, if you look at their seasons in terms of just, you know, what they've done overall, just straight stats, right? No crazy analytics or anything like that. Like I said, Justin Grant's got eleven wins, Brady Bacon's got seven. Feature wins, right? We're not talking heat racer, we're talking about features. Brady's got 26 top fives grant's got 24 justin grant's got 29 top tens bacon's got 28 and justin grant's got an average finish of 6.3 and brady bacon's got an average finish of 6.7 it's a hundred point lead you take the races where bacon had trouble and grant won those races and there's your championship and that's how close it is yep so And therefore, and that's why I said you got to capitalize
1: on these guys when they have major issues. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I'm kind of glad, like at Lawrenceburg, when we seen Brady Bacon go out of the race. And Justin Grant didn't just send it. He sent it to Victory Lane. He didn't go back to, I'm going to say Eldora, Justin Grant, when Brady Bacon went out and we seen Justin wad the car up because he did. Justin and Brady are very smart when it comes to points racing for a championship. I mean, we've seen Justin do it last year. We've seen Mm -hmm. Brady do it years past. If you just look outside of the points, this has been a very close championship. It's been neck and neck up to now where it's got a 100-point lead. Yep. Yep. That is a fact and unfortunately brady bacon backed himself into a corner and i'm not going to say it was brady bacon's doing because you can't you you can't say well i'm going to go into this race and this part's going to fail because you don't know yeah. you truly don't know yep
0: yep so
1: not to get off the rails but no
0: that's all right had to have that's a that's going to be go. that's going to be <laughs> the that's going to be the title of the show today off the rails so cuz that's what we keep doing but that's all right we got to get out the system uh moving on we've got the dirt track world championship kicking off tonight or starting tonight at Eldora um you've got the final 4 for the Lucas Oil uh late model series the championship 4 Essentially, it's just like NASCAR. The the four of them, along with everybody else, running the race on Saturday night. The feature, whoever finishes the best out of those four, wins a championship. Now, Ricky Thornton Jr., who has led the points all season in the Lucas Oil Series, essentially all season, has basically had what
2: could only be. It could
0: only be quantified as one of the best seasons ever. I mean, this is, it's what he has done is an absolute historic season. I mean, you have to put it on the same level as, you know, Davenport in 2022 or Jonathan Davenport in 2015, right? Where he's got all these crown jewels, all these wins. Obviously there was no million dollar race this year, for him to win but he's been just insane and it's funny because coming into this final weekend everybody is essentially just giving the championship to jonathan davenport because it's at eldora and don't get me wrong davenport's got to be one of the favorites because he does so well at eldora he's insane at eldora but let's not act like Ricky Thornton Jr. is just this, you know, chopped liver and can't win there. I mean, I will not be shocked. Well, I, let me say this. If Devin Moran wins, I'll be shocked. But if Davenport, Hudson O'Neal, or Ricky Thornton Jr., either any one of those three wins a championship, I'm not going to be surprised. And for those of you who think that RTJ is being robbed, he's not. Lucas Oil went to all the teams. They went to all the drivers and told said, hey, man, this is what we're thinking about doing next year. What are your thoughts? And every one of them was like, love it. Let's do it. Let's go for it. So this was decided by the drivers. The drivers knew what they were getting into. The teams knew what they were getting into, that you could have a Ricky Thornton level season where you win all these races, win all this money, you dominate the points, and then you lose the championship on the last weekend of the year. And that's what has made it so exciting. Love it or hate it, it's been exciting. Because the battle for that fourth and final championship spot was crazy. Those guys were just, it was, it was nuts. And the fact that Ricky Thornton Jr. could literally have a historic season and not get a championship just makes it that much more incredible. I mean, Jonathan Davenport ran the entire Lucas Oil Series this year because of this points setup. So, it's... Like anything... Oh, excuse me. Like anything, it's got its good and its bad. So, everybody... Once again, you know, we love to complain about about the stuff we don't like. And you guys, don't get me wrong. I do it too. But... Let's not um pretend that the 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 drivers are the victims here. they agreed to this they they wanted this, so you know whatever happens happens i I think it's hard to not pick Jonathan Davenport. you know what I mean like it's I mean Keith, you don't even watch late models, and even you know like Davenport at Eldora is almost you know, it's almost guaranteed. It money. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, he's, he's incredible there, but Hudson O'Neill has been incredible there this year too, you know? And if you remember in the world, 100 Hudson O'Neill, Pat, very few people have been able to track down Jonathan Davenport when he's in the lead at Eldora and Hudson O'Neill, not just tracked him down. He passed him and got the win at the world 100. So yeah, I, I'm actually really looking forward to this. I'm not gonna get to watch it live because I'm gonna be gone tomorrow night at a my wife and I are going to a wedding, so I'll be watching it replay mode. I'm literally gonna be avoiding all my social media stuff for the dirt until Sunday morning when I get up. I'm gonna wake up early and watch it. So I'm really looking forward to it because it's gonna be exciting. Because there's also a huge make no mistake it's also a big hundred thousand to win this is a huge event it's not like it's just the the championship for lucas oil i mean this is a big time event so i mean bloom quest is going to be running it you know bobby Perry, all all the outlaw guys are going to be running it which brings up a very interesting subject Because we just had some news come out about the All-Star, more news on the whole All-Star High Limit potential merger. For those of you guys who've been following this, this is something that has been kind of, it's been like talked about, whispered, you know, in the background. Everyone keeps saying that this is going to happen, but there's nothing that's been concrete about it. I talked about this last week that if High Limit wanted to actually create this, big-time touring series. You know, they were going to need tow money. They were going to need 75-plus races. They were going to need big purses and tracks and drivers and all stuff like this, and we've already got that. We've got it with the world of outlaws. But there was some employees, some people with the All-Stars who essentially were let go. Um, and it's been kind of people reading between the lines thinking, hey, this high-limit All-Star thing is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. What I do know is if it does happen and we end up with a split of the top sprint car drivers, what is that going to do to the sport? Because we have, you know, what the what World Racing Group does with the outlaw sprint car drivers, I don't like it. I don't. I don't like the fact that you have to commit And you cannot run anything else. There's got to be more leeway. And when you look at the late model side of things, right? Bobby Pierce, who's leading the World of Outlaws late model points, okay? He's leading the points in the World of Outlaws late model series. He's going to win the championship, all right? He's got 14 wins this season. He he, for Ricky Thornton's insane Lucas Oil run that he's had, Bobby Pierce has had one on the outlaw side of things. And Bobby Pierce this year has ran with Dirt Car XR Series, right? The Flow Racing series. He's I mean, Lucas Oil. He's ran with all these different series this year. He's going to be running the Dirt Track World Championship. I don't see him being punished by the World of Outlaws. I don't know if they've got massively different rules for the late model guys and the sprint car guys, but it sure seems like the late model guys have a lot more freedom than the sprint car guys. Am I wrong about that? Am I I nuts? Because that's how it feels to me.
1: Uh, I mean, we talked off air about this, and, and I feel the same way. I just it blows my mind that you handcuff these guys so bad. And then you look at the other divisions within World Racing Group, and them guys are out free roaming the country, doing whatever the hell they want to do. But the outlaw sprint car guys cannot. They can do it, what, three times a year? Which is
2: fucking stupid. Four times. Yep, four times a year. And to me
0: you can have these guys commit to running your series without punishing them for running anything else. There's a way to do that. You know, you don't have to just say, hey, man, you can only run this. Look at, you know, one of the things that I like about the
2: USAC midgets
0: is those guys can go run. Power-Eye, and Extreme, and you know, all these other different midget series, right? And they're not going to be punished by USAC for doing that. And I think
2: part of the reason why this
0: potential split, we keep talking about this split, because if High Limit does merge with the All-Stars, and like I said, this is all just hearsay right now. This is all pure speculation. But if they do do that, and we end up seeing a split with the drivers, what's that going to mean? right? Are we going to end up with what we saw back in the day with cart and IRL? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have hardly followed IndyCar racing since that happened. And I was a kid when that happened. Same here. I you know what I mean? Like I I was a kid when that happened, but I was old enough to understand like this is stupid.
1: So and I live and I live in Indiana where the Indianapolis Five Hundred is, and I can't tell you the last time I sat down and watched a full Indy Five Hundred.
0: Yeah, now I watch the Indy Five Hundred every year, but it is lit. There's only been two Indy Car races that I watch religiously: the Indy Five Hundred, and then the Indy the Indy Cars at Texas.
1: The, I'll be honest. The last one that I sat down and watched fully from start to finish was the last one Brian Claussen was in. I haven't since then. I'll That's sit down and watch the ago. last two laps.
0: That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. What was that? 2013? 14?
1: 14. Maybe 15.
2: One of the three.
0: Yeah. So I just.
2: I'm worried that this
0: could cause more harm than good. I, 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 don't know. I'm just, I'm just concerned about it.
1: it I'm concerned with the division that it's going to cause between the sprint car community, between all these drivers within the world of outlaws, and then, then you add in the drivers that race with the all-star circuited champions that might want to make the jump to the world of outlaws and like i said off mm-hmm. air you're not in my eyes you're not a, a small team traveling the country you're just not you're you, yeah. you're a team with money you're just not a competitive team like the rest of them yep. when you see a team like wayne johnson and guys are going to be like well he ain't very good sorry but he had the money to travel the country with the world of outlaws. He just wasn't very competitive. And I wonder how many nights he sat down in his holler and said, Hey, if we travel up the road to this track, I bet we could win here because let's face it. He's won with the ASCS with the other series that runs through the lower Southern States. Wonder how many times he sat down and said, man, we could go win this weekend, but we can't because our hands are tied. We can't truly be an outlaw because being an outlaw is going and running everything. Yep. Running everywhere. And now this year we've seen Wayne Johnson go do and race and race whatever he wants to race any weekend. Every weekend. It just it pisses me off and it it aggravates me to no end when a series truly handcuffs their drivers and tells them, No, you're not gonna go run on a Tuesday when it doesn't even affect
2: an outlaw event. Yeah.
0: yeah I'm with this, so I just that's gonna be something that I think is going to be very, very big um as it plays out this off season, which we don't even really have much of an off season, but with all of this talk about
2: this merger and what it can mean,
0: I know that they've gotta. The World Racing Group has got to increase the the purses for the standard shows. They just have to. I mean, that's just all there is to it. They've been running these ten to win, you know, regular shows for since the, the series started in like 1978. You know what I mean? Like that. Times have changed. The, the costs are insane, and if you want these guys to commit, you know, I think that's a big thing too. Is that these guys have said. Look, you want us to commit and run only your stuff? You gotta, we gotta have the opportunity to make more money. You, you've got to, because that's a full time job, right? Think about that. That's a, that's a full time job, right? Even if you're just a driver on the Outlaw Tour, scoring, you know, top ten finishes, right? You're a, a Brock Zierfoss. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. That's a full-time job. You're on the road for what 40 weeks, 42 weeks out of the year. So you've gotta you you've gotta increase the the money because you cannot have it at 10 to win, but thousands to start whatever the hell it is when we've seen the cost of everything go up, everything. So, yeah, more news will be uh, covering that as it presents itself. But anyways, so to wrap up this week's uh, special catch up and rant episode, as we'll be calling it, um, (laughs) we're going to do our goat of the week. So, Keith, who was your goat of the week? Riley Herbst.
1: Riley Hurst has to be my go to the week to see what he did in that Xfinity race in dominating fashion and not have something dumb happen and to win his first Xfinity race on top of signing his new deal with Stuart Haas was huge not only for that team, but for Ford, but for Riley and Riley's family. And his story is kind of wild because he doesn't come from an oval racing background. Yeah, his family was predominantly in the off-road racing background and hats off to to Riley Herbst for getting his first Xfinity when it was pretty badass to see. And and to see the emotion after the race, whenever you win your first race, I think, is always awesome. It speaks truly to the fan of how and what that race meant to them. And then
2: to do it in Las Vegas, where he's from, was yeah. icing on the cake for me. Yep. Um.
0: I'm I'm gonna go damn it, what's his name? Now I can't even remember his name. I'm so freaking lost and confused because I lost my paper. <laughs> uh, god damn it. Who's Kyle Larson's crew chief? Oh uh Cliff Daniels.
1: Yeah. That guy. I'm gonna go
0: with Cliff Daniels. Um Larson obviously won the race and got into the final four. I'm gonna go with Cliff Daniels, though, because when you if you go back and you listen to Daniels, after the incident with Larson and the guy, when you watch Kyle Larson, he really overdrives everything, like he really does, um, and there's a lot of times he's doing it when he doesn't need to, you know, um he's just it's like, hey, man, you don't have to uh like be melting your tires. it's lap twelve, but he does it and I give Cliff Daniels a lot of credit because the stuff that they did to get Larson back into that race after that that incident um making the right calls, got that car dialed in i I don't think Daniels gets enough credit for what he does on that car, you know a lot of the credit goes to Kyle Larson as it should, okay, keep in mind as it should, but what Daniels has done um has been pretty. Pretty incredible, and now they've got the opportunity to literally just focus solely on Phoenix, which is going to give them, I think, a huge advantage going into the championship here in a couple weeks. So that is my GOAT of the week. So, yeah.
2: Anyways. That is going to do it for
0: And, of course, I find it after I do it. God dang it. Never mind. All right, that's going to do it. Today's been a ridiculously uh, unstructured and crazy show. But we'll be back next week (laughs) with things more ironed out now that we've got uh, the chaos in our personal lives figured out. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back here next week to do it all over again. So, Keith, my man, glad to know you're doing all (laughs) right. i'm alive and, uh, <laughs> I'm, i just
1: played my best impression of bigfoot i figured it was close to halloween so i'd try it
0: <laughs> there you go so we'll be back next week to do this all over again so enjoy the weekends racing at homestead it should actually be a good race this weekend it should be a lot of fun keep an eye out um for, uh who's your pick this week we didn't do a nascar pick i'm just who's your pick kevin harvick kevin harvick i'm going With truex the- I I
1: like both picks, but what intrigued me with the Kevin Harvick pick is I go back to 2014 as being a Kevin Harvick fan. That was my biggest memory of Kevin Harvick winning the championship at Homestead. Um, And I think they will have a good shot at winning the race. Yeah,
0: and he's running the bud car this weekend, right?
1: And and that's another reason why I picked Kevin Harvick. He's bringing the 2014, the exact paint scheme back for this weekend and i applaud stewart haas uh bush beer anheuser for doing this for him and i'm sure it'll be an emotional day for him
0: yeah i'm sure it will too so good pick i'm gonna go with truex i think truex is gonna get the wind lock himself in everyone wants to talk about you know these drivers who can run the wall at homestead you know they talk about tyler reddick kyle larson as you know you should they're phenomenal on it denny hamlin gets up there too but Truex Jr. can be really fast there, and I think he's going to rebound and lock himself into the Final Four. Um, Keep an eye on Blaney, too. I think Blaney's going to... I still got hopes that Blaney's going to make the Final Four. So, Anyways, that's going to do it all for this week's show. Thank you very much as always for joining us. Please download, like, share, subscribe, all that other good stuff. Get that out to your friends, your family, and uh, enjoy this weekend's racing.
1: Before we go, I want to I want to give a big thoughts and prayers to our servicemen and women that are being deployed overseas in a time like what we have going on. Um yeah, hopefully they will stay safe. Shit's it's, getting crazy.
0: Yeah, it's getting bonkers. I It's I got to be honest, it's so crazy and depressing. I've been ignoring it, which not like that makes it go away but i've been ignoring it because it's just yeah it's it's getting nuts out there so yeah uh, good call on that one thoughts and prayers to those being sent over there hope you uh hope you all have a safe uh i guess we would call it tour and make it home in one piece but that'll do it all for this week's episode of three wide in the middle we will be back here next week to do it all over again and until next time take care